Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service, continuing our series one with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message entitled One Body. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount, and then be sure to check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. This sermon series one, we understand and we put high value on one, on, on, on the one, the, the one person, the one encounter. Uh, we talked about, uh, the one response, the one decision. Um, we understand that all of these things can change everything, literally can change everything. I think about this often. I, I, uh, uh, in my capacity, in my role as an assistant pastor, there's those that I counsel and I talk to people. And oftentimes it really comes down to this one decision, just this one decision to choose to do something, to choose to not be bitter, but to choose to be better, to choose to, to, to just make this decision, just to not allow things to fester in our lives, but uh, repent and, and let those things go and allow the power of God to flow through us. And so, uh, and, and so it's so, so important, so, so powerful. And we understand that there's great power and value in one person. Listen to this. There's great value and power in one person doing something, doing anything to impact another. I'll say that one more time. There's great value in one person, you, one person. Come on. Someone got it. My goodness. There's great value in one person doing something, really doing anything, right, to impact somebody else. I, I think about, I think about uh, in the sermon series, Pastor Omar was talking about the four lepers, and it was in their getting up, right? It was in their getting up. It was in their moving and doing something that God met them in the going. And so I just, I, I just really want us to understand this. Uh, there's one text, one smile, one phone call. Uh, could change everything, could change someone's life. I, I think about this in, in my life. I've shared this before is, uh, coming to this church, Praise Chapel Paramount. We were on, uh, we were on Somerset, but, uh, or I'm sorry, on Madison, but it was, it was this one hug. It was this one smile every single time. I, I came in here, I was jacked up. I was bro, I was broken. Uh, and, and I just remember these ushers, just one smile. I remember, pa- uh, Brother Cal, just always with that big smile, big old mustache, big old smile, big hug, just that one, t- that one encounter every single time. And it really, it really, really did change, uh, everything that, that, that was going on in my life. Let's, let's look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter three. Uh, he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Say one thing. Say it like you mean it. Say one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach. Say reach. Say reach. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about the one, and that's the the one body, which is the church of God. And so as this one body, we're called to reach up to God. First and foremost, we need God in our lives, and so we're called to reach up towards God. The second thing is this, is that we're called to reach out to other people. We're called to reach out to our brothers and our sisters, to reach out to others, to allow our our, our lives, uh, allow ourselves to have compassion over other people. And uh, the last thing I believe is that we're called to reach beyond ourselves to the next generation. I believe that we have to be mindful of the next generation, and God wants to use each and every one of us to, to accomplish this great work. And so I'm going uh, to share out of 
Romans 12, uh, verses 3 through 8, and really I'm just going to kind of park it right here. I, I don't have a lot of scripture for you. I'll be referencing some stuff, but I'm just going to kind of park it right here. And it's just so rich. This text is so rich uh, that I believe that we're going to be able to pull some stuff out that's going to help us uh, tonight. And so uh, we'll, we'll get right into this, Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, and they'll put it up on the screen for us here. And I'm going to read this slowly. Uh, the Bible says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Sober judgment, what that means is think of yourself uh, 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 in, in a right, in a clear-headed, in a clear mindset, okay? So I'll just leave that there. Uh, it goes on to say, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, I want to say that one more time. In accordance with the faith God has distributed distributed to each of you. Is that did, did the Bible say some of you? No, no, no. It says each of you, each and every one of us. For just as each of us has one body, say one body, with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, say in Christ. Say it one more time, like you mean it. In Christ. We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each and every one of us. Gosh, there's a lot there. He goes on to say that if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. As I, as I read through this text, there's, there's uh, again, I, I think it's, it's really rich. But the first thing that I, I believe that we always have to uh, settle on and, uh, and really put as primary or priority in our lives is this thought about being in Christ. I think that this is this is everything, guys. This is uh, before we could get on to all the cool stuff, right? Uh, how, however, we deem that to be cool. Before we could get into our ministry expressions, before we could get into uh, uh, the giftings in which God has given us uh, in accordance to our faith, before we could get to all of those things, we have to understand, we have to settle, we have to reconcile what this means to be in Christ. And I, I think this is just such a, a small, it's a small phrase, uh, but it's got such profound meaning when we understand what it is to be in Christ. Now, I want to tell you, uh, those of you that are here tonight and you have the Lord into, in your life, you, you, you see Jesus, you identify Jesus as Lord of your life, you are in Christ. Now, I want to uh, kind of uh, unwrap that a little bit and unravel that so that you understand what this all means. So the Bible says, so in Christ, we though many form one body. So what this means is that when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we trust him as our Lord and we trust him as our treasure, uh, this relationship is established between Christ and us. Okay, so this relationship is established between us and Christ, that everything in Christ that he has that can be shared with us will be shared with us. Now, I want to kind of, I kind of want to draw a parallel here to help us understand this. So, uh, like in marriage, okay, I think this is probably the, the, the best, the, the best thing is when I, uh, when I married my wife, and thank God she said yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a blessed man. But when I married my wife, uh, uh, immediately in that moment, everything that I had 
was hers. Everything that I can share possibly was hers. And, and so understanding that this union or this relationship that's being established between us, the church, the church of Christ, uh, everything that, that he can share with us is being shared with us. And so everything that he is and everything that he has that can be shared will be shared with you and I. So think about this. Think about who Christ is. Think about who the son of God is in your life. Uh, there's been so many sermons. There's been so many articulate preachers that have ministered and really got into the to the depth of who Christ is. And so understand all of the things, all the goodness of God, right? The summation of all of his attributes, all of these things that could be shared with us while we're in Christ, while we have this relationship with him is now being shared with you. Now, why do I say that? Why am I taking so much time on that? Because I believe that oftentimes, I'm with you too, that oftentimes uh, our, our perception or our belief in who Christ is, who God is, what he could do for us is very, very small. The reason I, the reason I know that is because I worry in my life. How many of you guys worry in your life? I'm the only one. Okay, well, pray for me. Uh, but there's worry in our life. And the reason that there's worry in our life is because we don't trust God to do what we think or what he said he's going to do. This is why we have worry in our life. And so this is why I'm trying to, to, to really build some framework around what we're doing, what we're believing, what we're allowing in our minds to understand that in Christ, we have all things that he has and we're an inheritance of everything that he has. And he wants to. He is freely sharing these things with each and every one of us. All right, there's a few people that are excited about that. It's okay. So what does it mean for us to be in Christ? Just a few, just a few things I want to reference here fast. Uh, uh, so in Christ, we receive grace. In Christ, our redemption is found. We are justified in Christ. What does justified mean? Well, justified means to be, to be made in right position with Christ. And so uh, we're justified in Christ. Uh, we have forgiveness of sins in Christ. How many of you are thankful to God that he forgives our sins? My goodness. There's no condemnation in Christ. If you're sitting here tonight and you feel shameful, you feel like you've done, you've gone too far. There's just, I, I, I've, I've blown it. Uh, there's no redemption. There's just no, no way for me to come back. Uh, uh, we're, not only is there redemption in Christ, but there is no condemnation in Christ. And so you have to shut the voice of the enemy as he's sitting there and, uh, and accusing you and telling you you're no good. There's no condemnation in Christ. We are a new creation in Christ. Okay, here we go. We have eternal life in Christ. God supplies all of your needs in Christ. We have every spiritual blessing of heaven in Christ. We will be, we'll, we will be presented to God perfect in Christ. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Think about, think about your life. And uh, we understand that God is a holy God. We look at the law and we say, that is impossible. There's no way I could ever fulfill that. We've all, uh, the Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, but what, because we're in Christ, because we have this relationship in Christ, we are now being presented to God to be perfect in Christ. The last thing is this, is that we can't be separated from the love of God in Christ. There's nothing that could separate you from the love of Christ, from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so listen to this. We experience this 
together in, as one body. We experience these things together as one body, as one church. So in Christ, we though many form one body. We're redeemed together. We're justified together. We're forgiven together. Every need is met together. I think about this when we come together and we pray. We pray uh, uh, every time we take offering, we pray for financial needs. Every time on Tuesdays and Saturdays and before services, we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and we're, we're hearing God meeting needs as we pray, as we come together. So every need is met together. We are loved by God together and we are being perfected. We are being perfected together. My goodness. So living forever together in all this unity created in Christ and for the glory of Christ. Think about this. All of this is to glorify God. It's nothing of ourselves. It's nothing. I say this often. We're not propping up a ministry. We're not propping up this church. We're not propping up a personality, but we are propping up the, uh, uh, we're propping up the gospel message of Jesus Christ and that through him, in him, all these things are made possible to each and every one of us. And so listen, we can't, we can't play down the role of the church, the local body, the role of the church. We can't play it down. Uh, so many times we've heard uh, in, this, uh, in this season, in this pandemic, of, of people not being able to come together and the domestic abuse and uh, 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 the, the sexual abuse and, and all of these things that are at a high rise because we are not able to come together. And so the church is a powerful force here on earth. Listen to this. God, it costs God. God everything. It cost God everything to establish this church. This church. And what we share with our brothers and sisters sitting, our brothers and sisters sitting right here. I'm so moved by uh, the brothers and sisters coming together on off nights and praying. I'm, I'm so moved by brothers and sisters coming together to pray with each other, to, to read the word together. And so as we do this and we share this with our brothers and sisters sitting here in Christ is a life and an inheritance and a relationship that's so profound that it transcends the value of all other relationships and inheritances. Now, I, I want to stop there and kind of highlight this. If you're not valuing your brother and your sister and your relationships, if you're not valuing those things at a high level, I believe that you're missing what it is that God, uh, that God desires for us to experience in this one body, in this relationship in Christ. I really believe that. I believe that if, uh, if, if you have no concern necessarily for your brothers and sisters, but you're concerned for these other things, I, I think that you're kind of missing what, what Christ wants us to experience here as brothers and sisters. So the first thing that we have to understand is that the unity of the body of Christ is created in Christ. Now, uh, I, I think that's important. I think we all understand that. So what, what I want to tell you as an individual is that God values and God actually celebrates your individuality. Now, I, I want to preface what I'm about to say with, with this, okay? Um, we understand that uh, everything... Everything that God has given us, right, in accordance to the grace in which God has distributed to each and every one of us, so it all comes from God, right? But, but in that, God has given you special tools. God has given you a special grace that you, only you could accomplish what he's called you to do here on earth, uh, the only way that he's called you to do it. So I can't do what you do. You can't do what I, uh, what I could do. 
And the reason, the reason why that's so powerful is because it, it creates great value in you as an individual. So what I'm not, what I'm not saying here tonight, I'm not preaching a, a, uh, a thought on humanism. Okay. So I'm not saying that you're a little God and you're, you know, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're some great deity being. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that God values you so much in your individuality, your personality, your style. God celebrates these things and God wants you to be who you are in full expression for his church, you as an individual. So we talk about discipleship. We believe in discipleship, but what we don't want to do is we don't want a bunch of little Pastor Isaacs running around here, all right? We don't want a, uh, we don't want a bunch of, you know, Pastor Omar's running, running around here. But, uh, uh, we, we, we want you to understand and to develop into your own personal ministry expression so that you could come and bring, uh, bring value to the body of Christ. And so God values your individual, individuality. The Bible says, so in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all of the others. And so we could argue that Paul's focus here is on the, uh, Paul's focus here on the individual, uh, is really to stress that each of us belong to, to the, to the body, to the greater body. And he's really kind of maybe minimizing your individuality. But I don't, I don't believe that's the truth because he goes on to say that, uh, he, he goes on to say that we each have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. So really what I believe what he's saying in this, in, in this discourse is that he's highlighting and really he's emphasizing the importance of our individuality and our ministry expression. And we have to really, uh, we, we have to understand this is that you're not here to, uh, to warm up a seat. Okay. You're not here to be a spectator. You're here to engage. You're here to minister. And, and, and what we're, what we're called to do here as leadership, as the pastoral office and leadership is we're we're here to uh, to fill you, to edify you, to prepare you for a work, and then give the ministry away. Here, brother, you go do that. Hey, here, brother, why don't you come over here and pray for this person? Let's watch them be healed. Hey, brother, you have a word. Uh, why don't you prophesy? Come on. God's not called you to be a spectator. So we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of each and every one of us. Listen to this about comparing. Listen to this about comparing. I want you to understand this. This is why comparing yourself to others is a dangerous thing. So when you compare yourself to someone who is better at something than you are, it can cause you to feel unqualified. Even though God is pleased with your progress. Listen to this. There's some of you that are sitting in this house that God is pleased, God is smiling over you, yet you feel like you're not doing anything. You feel like, well, because I can't do it like that person, uh, then God's not pleased with me. I'm here to tell you that God is pleased with you. God is smiling over you. God wants you to be you. God wants you to do you in Christ under the power of the Holy Spirit. My goodness. When you compare yourself to someone who is worse off than you, listen to this, be careful, all of us prideful, religious Pharisees, listen to this. When you compare yourself to someone who is worse off than you, it can cause you to think you've arrived, even though God has given you a greater capacity and called you to do more. Both of these thought processes are destructive to the Christian, to your soul. They're destructive to your soul because God's qualification of you isn't proven by comparison but it's rooted in your calling. And so understand this, that God has graced you. 
You as an individual, God has graced you to perform the work in which he's called you to do. Now, when we get out of that, when we get out of the grace in which God has placed on us and we try to do these other things, that's when we get in a big mess because God's not called you to do that. God has not given you a mantle to do that. And so uh, so what, what we need to do is understand within uh, the context that God has given us a grace, within the context of what God has given us as a mantle is to be solely focused on that and do that with excellence. I'm telling you, I look at, there's a, there's a bunch of talented people in here, right? So I, I see I, I see my brother-in-law, Stephen Moctezuma, and he's up here and he's strumming that guitar and he's singing and it sounds like an angel. And I'm like, my goodness, why can't I do that? God, why didn't you give me, why didn't you give me that, that gift right there? Right, uh, I, I, you know, our, our pastor, Pastor Omar, I uh, appreciate him, love him so much. But he comes up here and he delivers a powerful word, and I'm like, how do you communicate so concisely and so perfectly? How do you communicate that thought? That takes me a thousand words, and he's able to just pull it together. And I'm like, my goodness, God, why could, why can't you help me out? I'm struggling up here. But understand this, I understand this, is that we have to, we have to be comfortable in who God has called us to be. We have to have confidence in who God has called us to be. And listen, that doesn't mean that you shrink back. That doesn't mean that you don't, you, you don't do something. But in that, you, in that, I was going to say you perform, not necessarily perform. But in that, you allow God to be an expression through you. And you have confidence that it's not you, that it's God. It's rooted in your calling. And so listen, so Paul's making an intentional effort to make it really clear that our individual differences are designed and delivered by God's grace. Okay, so all of our differences, all the things that God has, has, has uh, all the things that God has blessed you with, that God has uh, gifted you with, all of those things, uh, all those uh, differences are designed and delivered by God's grace alone. Okay, so it's not in your own talent. Uh, you may have charisma, but there's no power unless God breathes on what, you, what, what you're offering to him. And so it's all delivered by the grace of God. Uh, and we understand he goes on to list all of the different gifts and prophesying and serving and, and uh, giving and all these things. He's making a point to emphasize individuality and placing it in context of the body of the church. Listen to this. I want you to understand this, that God has graced each and every one of us with a certain measure of grace, okay, God, each and every one of us, all right, so we're all gifted, but I'm convinced that our true individuality is only found within the context of the body, it's only found in the context of the local church, when you're here, when you're submitted, when you have leadership that's speaking into you, you have people that are discipling you, people that are holding you accountable, I believe that it's in that context that our true individuality is found, it's discovered and experienced in relationship to the body of Christ here, the local church. Verse five, it said, each member belongs to all the others. So members, it's a part of one another, one by one, individually. So listen to this, I'm a part of you. If you call yourself, if you call, your, if you call Praise Chapel Paramount, your church, your body, your local church, I'm a part of you and you're a part of me. Just like all the body parts in our, it, it, on our body, the eyes, the ears, the hands, right? All of these things come together as individuals, as a part of, of the body. And this is the, this is the amazing part of all of this is that this is who I am, a part of you. You are a part of me, which means that my individuality and my identity as God has created me to be can't be known 
except in serving you. Think about this. Our individuality, our identity can't be known outside of the context of serving someone else. We're called to serve, just like all of our body parts serve a purpose. They serve us, right? So my eyes are serving me right now so that I can communicate to you. Just like that, each and every one of us are called to serve each other. And within that context, our individuality is found, discovered, and experienced in this great, powerful body that Christ has established on earth. This is powerful. This is what this is why when 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 uh, how many of you know the like the the rogue Christians like the people that are not in fellowship they're not going to a church right now you guys know those people okay no one's raising their hand they're like oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that this is why sometimes sometimes they get a little bit lost sometimes their theology starts to get a little bit uh, a little bit off because they're not within they're not within this body they're not within this context that is helping and protecting and serving each other and so God values our individuality so highly that he tells us how our true individual selves can be known by living in relationship with others. We're living in relationship with others. We talk about discipleship here. We talk about life on life. This is what we do is we love each other. We're, we're concerned for each other. We're serving each other. Uh, we're, we're serving each other. We're being served. And then from this position and identity, we express our individual identity in Christ in relation to the world. Listen, Christ has called us to love other people with all of our heart and to be totally dependent on Christ and in that context, you'll discover all that God has for each and every one of us. The next thing I want, I, I want to talk about is, or the next thing I want to encourage you in is, is this fact, is that we all need community. We all need community. I was thinking about this on, uh, on Facebook. One of, the, one, of the, you know, one of the things that makes Facebook so, uh, so successful is uh, they have groups because I'll tell you, the world is looking for community. God created us for each other. God created people for each other, not to be alone. And so people are looking for community. And so on Facebook, you could join all these different communities. Literally, you could find anything. I, I, I'm sure you could find it. Whatever you could think of, the wildest dream that you could think of, there's a community for that, okay? There's people just as weird as you that are all coming together and like the same thing, whatever that is, okay? Uh, and, so, and so in community, we're all searching for community. And I'm telling you, we all need community. We all need each other. And so why is community so important to God? It's because God loves people and he knows that people need people. I want to say that one more time. Community is so important to God because God loves people and he knows that people need people. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Okay. And so he created us to live in community, giving and receiving support. I was thinking about this, this law of reciprocity. You've heard me say this before, but it's as I give, I'm getting back. And as I'm, as, as I'm working with you, as I'm encouraging you, you're encouraging me and we're getting stronger together. And it's a, it's this law of reciprocity as we give, we're receiving within this context of of community. And this ultimately will lead us to a place of generosity and gratitude. You, th you look at the, the early church 
church and it says that they that they would come together and that they would break bread in, in their homes and that they would care for each other that they would uh, sell possessions to help pay some bills they would do all of these things and what it fostered in that community it was a culture of gratitude and a culture of generosity that there's nothing I can't outgive to you I, I just I, I can't do enough to, to serve you and I believe that this is where God wants uh, this church praise Chapel Paramount wants us to be in a in a culture of community that would lead us to a place of generosity and gratitude. I want to read this to you. Uh, This one man says, the word community has many meanings, some positive and some negative. Community can make us think of a safe togetherness, shared meals, common, uh, common goals, and joyful celebrations. It can also call forth images of partisan exclusivity, in-group language, and self-satisfied isolation. I just want to pause right there. Uh, within this last year, there's been so much. Uh, there's been so much uprising. There's been so much isolation. There's been so much segregation. I mean, uh, political. It's it's divided homes. It's divided relationships. Uh, uh, racially, it's divided uh, families. Divided friends. It's divided the church. Unfortunately, and and so this community thing that we're talking about is not an exclusivity. It's not a an isolation where uh, as long as you're you look like me, as long as you talk like me, as long as you do the things that I do, then we could be a part of it. That's not what we're talking about here, but we're talking about a bigger community. He goes on to say, however, community, listen to this, is first of all, a quality of the heart. Community, first of all, is a quality of the heart, and it grows from a spiritual understanding that we are alive not for ourselves, but for one another. I'm going to say that one more time. It, it, it grows from a spiritual understanding that we are alive not for ourselves, but for one another. And so community is the fruit of our capacity to make the interests of others more important than our own. Think about that. The Bible says that we would esteem others higher than ourselves, that we ought to think of ourselves soberly uh, within the context that God has graced us with. We should never think of ourselves too high, and we should never think of ourselves too low. But we should consider these things and understand that we need to put the interests of others above ourselves. I want to share with you just a a few thoughts here. Uh, Pastor Omar shared, uh, uh, shared a powerful message with our leadership group. And I, I I just, I want to honor our leaders, uh, that are in the house. All of our leaders, our connect group leaders, our team leaders, our fresh, our, our youth leaders, uh, leaders in, in different capacities that all serve together. And so, uh, uh, we all got together and Pastor Omar shared this and it was in line with my message. And I said, praise God. I, I'm, I I believe that I'm hearing the Holy Spirit because the man of God, had this on his heart and I said I'm going to preach and you know it all worked out but uh, as he was as he was talking it just resonated in my spirit this whole thought of community and this whole thought of the local body coming together in Christ and so uh, the first thing that uh, that he shared with us that he said was that we need others to walk with us I need you to walk with me this I I, I tell you uh, life is brutal Life is brutal. The things that you're enduring, the things that uh, we've endured over the past, uh, or through this or through this pandemic, and even uh, before that, life is brutal. And I need others. I need those that will walk with me, that would help me, that will help sustain me. We need others to walk with us. Colossians two six says, "And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him." And so, as I'm walking with God on this journey, I need to walk along 
with others as well. And so the cure for loneliness isn't marriage, uh, it's community. And so how many, I'm not gonna ask, uh, if you're single out there, if you're single out there for whatever, you know, whatever your situation is, uh, if, if you're aspiring, if you're, if you're projecting like, oh, one day when I get married, then everything is going to be okay. Uh, yes, yes, you will be blessed. I believe that. We're praying that God, uh, that God will hook you up. But, 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 that's not necessarily the answer. I believe that the answer is community. I believe that the answer is community. And so when we walk with someone, it's safer. We all know the scripture out of, out of Psalms that says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So as we're walking together, it's safer. Uh, we, we've heard it said that uh, just like a marathon, uh, like running in a marathon. Has anyone ever ran in a marathon? I, I can't. I don't, I don't do cardio. Uh, but uh, anybody ever run in a marathon? Put your hand up. Yeah, I know Angel has and a few. Uh, Jesse's, a, Jesse's a, a runner as well. And so, uh, and so maybe you know this better than I do, but I understand that uh, as you're running together in this group, Group, uh, naturally, we get tired and, and we we start to uh, we start to gas out, right? I gas out faster than faster than most, um, but we start to gas out. But it's it's our brothers that we're walking with. It's our brothers that we're running with, right? That we look over and we're like. Uh, maybe at first it's your competitive edge, right? And you're looking over and you're like, okay, I'm not going to let him beat me. I'm just keep on going. Whatever your motivation is, it, 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 it inspires you to keep on going and keep on, keep on moving. Uh, there's an old uh, African proverb that says that when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. Think about that. When you run alone, you run fast, you get things done, you get to your, your destination quicker, but when you run together, you run far. And I think about this life. I think about this race that we're running. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. My goodness. It's a marathon. And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll be 39 this year. And I thought that, uh, I thought that 39 was old. I'm feeling really, really young these days. And so, uh, but I, I realize at 39 years old, I got a, I got a long way ahead of me. Right, We have a long way ahead of us, and the, and the things that happen in our lives, we have to come together, and we have to, be, uh, we have to allow others and community to inspire us to move forward. So uh, maybe you guys have heard this before, uh, but, uh, but geese, they fly in a V formation, and there's, uh, there's three benefits. There's three reasons why they fly in a V formation, these geese, as they're migrating. So the first thing is that it conserves their energy. So as a group, as they're flying, it conserves their energy. There's some aerodynamics. I'm not going to get into those details, but the formation in which they fly, it conserves their energy. So as they're together, they're able to go further. You get it? The second thing is that, uh, the, the second thing of the benefit is that it's easy to keep track of every bird in the group. My goodness. And so listen to this. As these geese are flying in formation, they know exactly where their, where, where their wingman is, right? They know exactly where that person is. I think about it often in church. You wonder, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little bit something here, okay? So oftentimes I'm standing here or Pastor Omar standing here in the front and during worship, uh, you might see us like pull one of those, right? And we're looking around like, the reason we're doing that is because we're looking for brother so-and-so. Hey, did that guy make it? Hey, did that sister make it? We're looking to see who's here because we, we, we have a concern for people. Hey, did that person make it tonight? I want to see where that person's at. Hey, is that person at the altar worshiping? Or are they in the back? Is that an indication? And so, listen, these geese, they fly together in formation so that they, they could keep track of one another. I think about the formation in which we fly together here at Praise Chapel Paramount, our connect groups, our small groups. This is these formations 
missions in which we fly together so that we have accountability. We're able to, we're, we're able to know what's going on. We're able to focus our energy and help those that, that may be in need. And so, uh, and so understanding where, uh, where everyone is at in the group. The last thing as, as it relates to these geese as, as they're flying, uh, they, they, they honk. I was going to bring a horn. I couldn't find an air horn. I want to scare you guys. But I was going to hit you with a horn. Listen to this. The reason why the geese are, are, are honking is because ultimately what they're doing is encouraging. They're, 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 they're saying something to the, to the lead bird. They're saying, come on, keep on going, right? Uh, and, and, and so I thought about that. And I thought in our context, in our community, when, brother, uh, when you walk in here and your leader comes to you and says, hey, bro, where you been at? Hey, bro, why don't you answer my phone call? Hey, bro, why don't you text me back? Where you been? I think about that, and I think this is like our honking in which we're trying to just, just we're just trying to encourage you just to stay with it. Just go a little bit further. Don't give up. It's too early. Just go a little bit further in this. And so we can learn something from the geese. Amen. The next thing is that we need to walk and partner to work together. We need to walk and partner to work together. To, uh, to work together. Listen to this. Partnership is powerful. Partnership is personal. And partnership is protective. Partnership is powerful. Partnership is personal. And partnership is prote- protective. And we need to walk and partner to work together. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another friend. And so when I say partnership is powerful, think about this uh, as it relates to synergy. Maybe you've heard this before, but uh, a team of horses can pull more weight together than one, one horse can pull by himself. And so as we come together in community, listen to this in context, as we come together in community together, we're able to accomplish more quicker. We're, we're able to establish a certain synergy in which God is fueling us and we're moving the kingdom forward together. That's a good place to be excited. I'll, I'll go on. Maybe, maybe we can move you here. So fruitful synergy only happens with time and trust. Say that with me. Say time and trust. Time and trust. And so how do we get this synergy going? It only happens with time and trust. And so I'm saying this because uh, there's, there's those of you that are here that you just can't seem to get over the hump. You can't just seem to break through. That, this is a kind of a buzzword that we use, that we're looking for our breakthrough and all this stuff. Maybe it's because you're not spending enough time. You're not trusting your leader. You're not trusting your brothers within this context of community to break through and to, and to move through what God has called us to do. So we come to learn and to lean into each other's strengths and hand off our weaknesses to the better suited partner. This is what I mean by that. I'm not gifted to, to sing. Right. And so I defer to the worship team. I defer to Omar and his, it is great voice, right? I'm not going to try to do that. I'm going to lean on his strength because that's where I'm weak. The same thing in context and community is that as we build the synergy, we're leaning on each other's strengths and we're understanding each other's weaknesses and coming along and helping. The last thing is this, is that we need others to watch out for us. We need others to watch out for us. We need others to watch out for us. Who's looking out for you? Who's looking out for you? I remember one time, Jesus, yeah, okay. Are you listening? <laughs> I know you are, bro. I know you are. Who's looking out for you? Do you have people in your life that are 
that, that are intimately aware of what's going on in your life, that they're able to speak into your life, that they're able to point some things out in your life. Philippians 2.4 says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. So I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was driving home on, uh, I think it was Sunday, and I, I was in my wife's car, and uh, one of the brothers pulled up, uh, as I was pulling out, he pulled up behind me, and he comes up to me, and he says, uh, and he like flags me down, and he stops me, and he says, hey, pastor, uh, your brake light is out, and I said, uh, I said, okay, yeah, thank you, thank you, bro, I, I appreciate that. Now, I knew that the brake light was out, and I've tried to fix it, so don't, don't judge me, okay, I've tried to fix it, uh, but there's an electrical thing, I don't know about it, but I've tried to, but, but I, I was thinking about this, is that this, this brother came in, and he, and he he flagged me down, and he, and he wanted to let me know. I had a blind spot in my life. He wanted to let me know, hey, Pastor Isaac, hey, I want you, you may not know this because you can't see it, but there's something wrong, or, or, or you got you to gotta get something fixed here. It's the same way in community. It's the same way when your brother comes to you and says, hey, man, uh, I love you, but I don't think you even realize this. We got to get this thing fixed because it's just, it's, it's going to get you in trouble. Who's looking out for each and every one of us? Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. My goodness. And so we're talking about community here. I, I want to close with this, and we could, have the, we could have the worship team come up. I want to close with this thought, and uh, I appreciate so much. Uh, I, I saw this in our, in our Facebook post, and uh, um, I probably didn't even realize this, but uh, in our Facebook post, if you see it for tonight, uh, obviously it's telling you about the service and, and encouraging you to come, but uh, down in the right-hand corner of that Facebook post, if you, if you guys want to look at that later, it says this. It says two words. It says, you belong. And I thought about that, and I thought within the context of community, I, I was thinking, my goodness, yes, you do. You do belong. Each and every one of you, as you come here tonight, you belong. We, we say this often here at, at our church. We say that uh, uh, um, there's three things that we, first, we believe that the moment that you walk into this house, the moment that you walk into this body, we're talking about one body, the moment you walk into this, this body of believers, you belong. You don't, have to, you don't have to sign up. We don't have to get you into the church membership class. The moment you walk in here, you're accepted. You're a part of the community. You belong. We believe that in that belonging in this community of faith that is so crucial and valuable, so crucial and valuable, we believe that as you come and you become a part of this community, we believe that as you understand and that you, as you begin to embrace this thought that I belong somewhere, there's people that care about me, there's people that are concerned for me, there's people that are asking about me, asking about what's going on in my life, I belong to this community of, of believers. We, we understand this, that once we could get you to understand that you belong somewhere, we, 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 we trust that the Holy Spirit is going to move in your life and you're going to begin to believe that Christ loves you. Our hope, our prayer is that as you belong into this community, that you'll allow yourself to begin to trust. You'll allow yourself to, to spend some time in the presence of God and God will become real to you and you'll believe, right? And lastly, what we what, what, 
What we trust is that as you understand and you embrace this thought of belonging and, and you begin to believe that God is going to begin to start to change the way that you behave. God is going to start cleaning some stuff up. God is going to start, uh, people are going to start noticing just your, your, your coworkers, uh, your family. They're just going to start noticing, man, you don't talk the way you used to talk. You're not so angry all the time. What's up, bro? What's, what's going on? We believe this. We believe that within this community, that it's critical. I believe that it's so critical. Uh, I, I believe that Jesus understood this thought because he modeled it in his own life, in his own ministry. If you understand that he had the disciples around him, he was, he, he was surrounded in this community of faith. He had people always around him. And he would walk through and he'd perform his ministry. And he did this within the context of community. Think about that. He wasn't, uh, he could have, he, he could have gone uh, rogue, right? He could have been, he was a son of God. He could do whatever he wants. He could have just went, but he understood that in ministry, he understood that within community, that if he brought others along with him, that it would live on beyond him. And I, I believe that we all need to understand that tonight, that within community, the uh, only within community uh, that's, that's based in Christ is where we could find truly our calling, truly our individuality, our ministry expression within this, con within this context of community. How many of you guys believe that tonight? Well, I want to pray. I'm going to ask you if you would just, just bow your heads and, and close your eyes uh, and, and uh, just listen to this. The, the Bible says out of Hebrews 10, 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, my goodness. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I, I want to I speak to, to you tonight, and as, as your eyes are closed and your head is bowed in reverence to the Holy Spirit, the, the presence of God is here, I, I want to tell you that uh, we've been contending, we've been praying for this moment, right now, this moment, that you would come into this house, you'd come into this one body, that you would hear the gospel, that you would hear that you belong, you would hear that, that there's, a, there, there's, this, there's this Christ, there's this Jesus Christ that loves me so much that, uh, that he desires to share all that he has with me. And we've been praying and we've been believing that God is going to get a hold of you tonight, you as the individual. And so before we go any further, one of the most important parts of our service is what we call the altar call. That's when we, we give an opportunity for those uh, that don't know Christ as their personal Savior, don't know Jesus, or don't recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior, or King, or Sovereign Ruler of their life. We give an opportunity to get that right. And so if there's anybody here tonight, and you're, you're here and you're saying, you know, uh, Pastor Isaac, I... Uh, I, I kind of understand a little bit of what you're saying, but quite honestly, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I got to get this thing figured out. And 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 being in Christ and being in uh, in His grace, and I, I understand all these things. I want community. I want my life to 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 be better. And I'm, I I want to tell you that before you could get there, you have to accept Christ into your life. The power of God is by the grace that's distributed to each and every one of us that we're able to do what we do. And so I, I want to ask if there's anybody here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm away from God. I'm not living for God. I, uh, uh, I, I, I need Christ in my life. If there's anybody here tonight like that, I just want you to lift your hand just real quick. Just say, you know, Pastor Isaac, I, I'm not ashamed. I, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I just want to, I want to get this thing right. Anybody at all, just I'm going to take a few moments here. Just lift your hand. We just want to pray with you. We're not going to ask you to do anything crazy. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray with you. We want to give an opportunity right now. Or just take a few minutes here. 
I don't want to rush this. This is important. Anybody at all? You say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I'm not living within this context of community. I'm not living under the grace of God. I'm actually outside of the grace of God. Anybody at all? Before I move on, anybody? Maybe you're here. Maybe you're uh, maybe you've walked with God. Maybe a lot of what I'm saying is familiar to you, but you're not walking in the power of God. And maybe you're saying, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I've, I've walked with God. I understand what you're saying and, and, and all that, but I've, I've, I've not valued the body. I've not valued uh, coming together. I've not valued being a part, belonging to a body of Christ. And I've backslidden. I've, I've walked away from God. And I, I, I think tonight is, is the night that I, I want to get that right. If there's anybody here like that, you say, hey, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I'm, I'm backslidden. I'm, I'm away from God. My heart, I've turned my heart from God. Uh, I want to get that right. Anybody at all? Anybody at all here? We got a, I, got, I see a hand way back, way back in the back. We got an honest heart here. And I, I, I want to say this. You can put your hand down. Thank you for, for responding. I want to say this. And, and there, there's other hands that are going up too now. Praise God. I want to say this, that God, God is intimately concerned with you as an individual. We're, we're in this room. There's uh, probably close to 250 people here, two, 275 people here tonight, right now. And so in this big room, you might think that you could hide in the shadows. You could hide that God doesn't see you, but the Holy Spirit's just waiting on you. The Holy Spirit desires intimate relationship with each and every one of us as individuals. And so anybody else, anybody else want to join these that, that responded, that lifted their hand? Anybody else? We've got a few more now. Hands are going up. Praise God. This is what I want you to do. If, if you raise your hand, I saw some hands up in the back, uh, some over here, another over here. Uh, if, if, if you would, please just get right out of your seat and just walk, walk down and meet me right here. We, we just want to pray with you, okay? We're going to clap for you. We, we, we don't want to... We don't want to embarrass you. Just, just, come, just come down. If you're able to come down, just come down. Just get out of your seat and just walk down here. All right, I'm going to ask the ushers. We got, we got a brother walking down here. Come on, we're going to wait for you. We'll wait for you. We're not shaming you. We're, we're, we don't want to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. If you would just, just, right, just meet me right here, bro. What's your name? guys are going to pray with you. Uh, Jose, Jose's, both of you guys pray. I want you guys to minister here. Listen, church, body, community, we see this happen time and time and time again. We see people that come into our church. These are our brothers and our sisters, our loved ones, those that we've been praying for. We see them come into this church and their lives are changed. Their lives are altered. Generations are being changed. Homes are being impacted. And we can't ever, we, we, we can't ever undervalue what's going on here. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful what God is doing in this church. As they're ministering, I, I want to speak to Christians. I want to speak to you and I. And, and, and I know as I, look, uh, as I look across here, there's so many powerful, anointed people that you're allowing God to move in you. You understand this community thing, and, and you're doubling down. I mean, you're just all, you're, you're all in, and we appreciate, uh, we appreciate you guys. There's others here that I, I look around and I say, my goodness, if you, if you only knew, if you only knew the anointing that's on you, 
you would act differently. You would, you would engage differently. I, so I want to, I, I want to open up the altars to, to all of us, each and every one of us. If, if you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I, I need to get some things right. I, I need to really understand. I, I need to really understand, uh, and, and allow my individuality to be manifested in my expression and my ministry expression. If I, if you need to, to understand better in community and, and double down in community, I just want to open up these altars and we just want to pray together tonight. We just want to ask God to help us to strengthen us. We want to pray that, that we would be the local body, we would be the church that would express and demonstrate the grace of God in which he's called us to live out our lives. So just come on down. Just come on down here. We're going to pray. Our, our worship team is going to lead us in, in, in a song and we're going to pray. So come on. Come on, ministers, leaders. If you see some down here, I want you to come and pray. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Pray Shepherd Paramount. If you want to stay connected, Follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.